Welcome to this podcast series Transform Your Life by Understanding Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Dr. Sanjeev Haribhakti and I'm here not just because I am a surgeon by profession but because I am a student of Vedanta since 2008 with the blessings of my teacher Guru Ma Samananda Saraswati ji at Samadarshan Ashram. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha Welcome to the summary of the second session of the second adhyaya of Shri Bhagavad Gita. In the first half of the second adhyaya Shri Krishna gave the divine message of the true nature of our own self and discriminates viveka from the non self atma and the anatma the true self atma is unborn does not undergo any change and it never dies it is eternal while our non self the anatma our body undergoes a cycle of birth and death based on our karma from the 39 shloka he comes to the end of the knowledge part the sankhya and begins the karma yoga and he tells arjuna that so far i talked to you about the knowledge of the self now you listen to karma yoga because if you do your actions with this attitude of karma yoga you will be liberated from the bondage of karma normally our actions or karma are the ones which bind us and keep us in bondage the word karma has much wider understanding than just physical actions it encompasses the mental thoughts which are verbal actions pani and the physical actions cheshta karma yoga is therefore not just a change in our outer actions but essentially a change in our inner attitudes which translate into outer actions or words thus having described the final goal for mankind krishna now starts the description of the first step in the spiritual journey sadhana that is karma yoga firstly krishna praises karma yoga and says that on this path nothing goes in vain and whatever steps you take there is no wastage of efforts and there are no opposite results whatever we reap we sow and this system of justice the law of karma karma phala is a very just system created by ishwara itself if knowledge is the final goal then what kind of intellect is needed for this knowledge arjuna must be thinking and krishna tells him do all your actions with the right understanding using your intellect buddhi vyavasayatmika buddhihi ekeha kurunandana he says oh arjuna on this path of karma yoga there is only one determined intellect bahushakha yanantascha buddhayo vyavasainam those who not those who do not have this one point intellect their notions are innumerable they have many many options to choose from on the spiritual path we need a focused intellect many of the spiritual disciplines are meant to train our mind to develop concentration the determined intellect vyavasayatmika buddhi also means an intellect with a firm resolve a determined resolve to attain our goal krishna describes the life of the people who have wavering intellect those who have avyavasayatmika buddhi in the next two verses he says yami mam pushpitam vacham pravadantya vipashchitah they speak flowery words they do not think clearly vedavadartah partha nanyadastiti vadinah they debate the vedas o arjuna and they say that there is nothing more to life then just is enjoyment or bhoga khamatmana swarga para janma karma phala pradam they are filled with many desires even for the heaven jan kriya vishesha bahulam they are involved in too many activities bhogeshwarya gatam prati 
and pursue all the sense pleasures and power. And those people are all attached to this material world and they pursue the sense pleasures. They do not have real peace of mind and thus they are not able to be truly happy in their life. And their happiness is also not a lasting happiness. Krishna says, this sense pleasures and this power does not give real peace. He says, those who are involved in the pursuit of these sense pleasures and power exclusively, their mind is robbed of a well-asserted understanding. Peace does not happen in their mind, he says. And in the view of Krishna, a life lived only for material well-being is not the real goal of life. And then the question will come up, what is the real goal of life? And in this 45th shloka, Shri Krishna describes the final goal of our life. It's a beautiful shloka. He says, you transcend the material realms. He says, Traigunya vishaya veda nistraigunya bhavarjuna nirdvandvo nityasatvasto niryogakshema atmavan he says, Veda describes his three gunas. But Arjuna, Nistrai Gunya Bhava Arjuna. He says, rise above all these three gunas. How? He says, Nirdvandva Bhava. Rise above the dualities. Nitya Sattvasta. Always be in the Sattva Guna. Niryoga Kshema. Let go of the stress of achieving and protecting your achievements. Atmavan Bhava. Be master of yourself. Be proactive, courageous, patient and persistent. The material pursuits keep us bound to this material reality and does now allow it us to test the infinite bliss. This bondage can only be shattered by rising above the material pursuits. The material reality can only be transcended if we understand the transient ephemeral nature and we attempt to see beyond this drama, this dance of the matter. For most people, rising above the three gunas of nature is almost impossible due to the strong fixity to the material world, including people, power, wealth, and position. Krishna shows us how we can achieve this herculean task of transcending the material reality. He shows us four ways how we can achieve this seemingly impossible task. The first, Nirdvandva Bhava. He says, rise above these dualities. This life is full of dualities. This Dvandva like pleasure, pain, happiness, sorrow, etc., which are two sides of the same coin. Only if we can develop an attitude of samatva, we can rise above these dualities. Second, he says, Nitya Sattvastha Bhava. Always be in Sattva Guna, Daivi Sampatti. Out of the three Gunas of the material nature like Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, our endeavor in life should be to enhance the Sattva Guna and reduce the preponderance of the Rajas and the Tamas Guna in our pursuits. Sattva Guna means good thoughts, selfless action, values such as honesty, compassion, purity, selflessness and service to the society and only from sattva guna we can transcend all the three gunas near yoga kshema bhava he says let go of all the stress of achieving and protecting your achievements all of our life we yearn to gather knowledge skills and then want to use them to acquire wealth comforts power and position once we have acquired enough then we have the stress of protecting this possession so that we don't lose them Fourth is the Atmavan Bhava. It says we should become the master of our own self. We should be guided and motivated by our own self rather than being dependent on others' motivation. We need the courage to take bold decisions, to take calculated risks and to have patience and persistence to get the fruits of these results. Naturally, a question would arise, till when should I be doing my actions and when can I devote myself completely to knowledge? Krishna says actions are necessary till you have self-knowledge, 
Atmagnan is obtained or attained. And he says, Yavanartha Udha Pane Sarvata Samplutodake. He gives an example that there is just as there is a purpose of a small pond till it gets overflowed with water. Tavan Sarveshu Vedeshu Brahmanasya Vijanatha. Till that time, a person who attains divine knowledge for that person, till that time, Vedic karma are important. Krishna gives a very clear message. He says, actions are necessary till we achieve the knowledge of the self or divinity. The question comes, how should we pursue our actions and what are the principles of Karma Yoga? The next 47th shloka of the second Adhyaya, which is the most well-known shloka of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna shows the four pillars of Karma Yoga. And that's why it is also called the Chatur Sutri Shloka of Bhagavad Gita or Karma Yoga. Karmanyevadikaraste ma phaleshu kadachana ma karma phalaheturbuhu mate sangostva karmani. So there are four parts to this shloka. First is karmani eva adhikarahate. He says, Your choice, Arjuna, is only in actions, karma. Ma phaleshu kadachana means your choice, your, your right is not in the results of these actions. Karma phala. Ma karma phala heturbuhu. He says, don't do your actions only for the results, but do your actions with the right understanding so that you don't get the bondage. Use your intellect, buddhi. Mate sangha astu akarmani. And finally he says, don't be attached to inaction. Don't be lazy. Don't get into akarma, Arjuna. And this is, this verse gives four important pillars of karma yoga and explains the right attitude towards karma. Let us understand each Karmani eva adhikarate. We are all engrossed or attached to actions all the time. Our choice or our right is only in the actions. We can decide what we want to speak, how we want to act, what we want to behave, how we want to start a particular new venture or a project. This free will or volition differentiates us from the other animal species. We should exercise this free will with utmost caution. Ma phaleshu kadachana. We do not have a choice in the results of the action, the fruits of the action, called karma phala. People misinterpret these words by saying that one should not have any desire for the outcome. In fact, no one can carry out any action without any expectation of a positive or good outcome. It is very natural to desire for the outcome, but Krishna means that we cannot insist to have a particular result since many factors determine the final outcome. Ma karma phala hetur buhu. We should refrain from doing actions only for results. Most people function this way. Whenever they do something, they want quick results. Krishna tells us to be aware while performing actions and do our actions with the right understanding, buddhi, so that actions don't create bondage for us. Mate sanghas to akarmani. This is also a very important attitude of karma yoga. We should not be attached to inaction or laziness. There is no place for negligence in our duties. We should also not run away from actions due to fear of failing or thinking that it is a botheration, as this is not going to solve any of our problems. Thus, when it comes to choosing the karma, we should give proper thought before, during and after we have done our karma, while when it comes to the outcomes or the results, we should accept whatever comes to us, in a sense, do our best and leave the rest. In the next few shokas, Bhagavan Krishna shows some other aspects of Karma Yoga and in this sloka he says Samatvam Yoga Uchyate, equanimity is Karma Yoga. Arjuna, you be committed to Karma Yoga, do not be attached to the results of action, 
be equipoised in success and failure and remain equanimous in and this samatvam yoga uchyate samatvam equanimity or balance is karma yoga shri krishna says that you have been given the right intellect for this discrimination only and you should take the refuge or shelter of your intellect or buddhi durena yavaram karma buddhi yoga dhananjaya he says oh arjuna selfish actions are inferior to selfless actions which are much much better which are done with the right understanding and how can we do this buddhau sharanam anvichcha he says take shelter of your intellect krapana phala hetavah those who just work for the results are krapana miser people or selfish people krishna says that we need to do all our actions by using our understanding utilizing our intellect essentially this means we should give a proper thought vichara before we start any action take all decisions with the right understanding viveka and use our knowledge gnana to preside over all our life rather than emotions which can take us for a ride and then in the next shloka he says discretion in actions is karma yoga yoga karma sukaushalam he says buddhi yukto jahati ha ube sukruta dushkrute using intellect in our actions if be equipoised in virtues and sins punya and papa tasmat yogaya yujjasva commit yourself to karma yoga yoga karma sukaushalam skill in action is karma yoga here krishna intends to tell us that just the outer skill in action is not karma yoga but it is the right internal attitude so that our actions don't bind us but liberate us from the bondage the first and the foremost inner attitude is to do our duty dharma karma our various roles in life in the best possible way avoiding any deficiencies in our duty we should avoid any comparisons with others as each one is entrusted with a unique duty of our own also we should be avoiding vices and any wrong or sinful activities also called adharma karma this awareness in developing virtues and avoiding vices is the real awareness in actions krishna shows that what is the benefit of karma yoga he says karma yoga creates purity of mind antakarana shuddhi and that helps us to lead to our final goal the atma gnana karma jam buddhi yukta hi phalam tyaktva manishinah he says by actions with attitude of karma yoga by letting go to the attachments to the fruits of actions one who has conquered his mind by his own intellect janma bandha vinirmuktah is liberated from birth and death and padam gachantya namayam and he attains higher self moksha is free of all the afflictions or amaya in the next two shlokas shri krishna describes a brief journey in the path of actions from karma yoga to the gnana sadhana or the divine knowledge acquisition of these divine knowledge so that we can reach to our final goal to attain freedom moksha in the first shloka he talks about the eligibility for this gnana sadhana which is also called sadhana chatushtaya sampatti the uh, fourfold you know means of eligibility viveka vairagya shama adi shat sampatti and mumuksha nishloka he says yadate moha kalilam when your intellect by with your intellect by your viveka you will cross the mud of attachment he says tada gantasi nirvedam then you shall attain dispassion vairagya for what you have heard and what you will hear in the next words krishna describes the final threefold instrument in the path of knowledge the final journey for gnana sadhana which involves first shravana shravana means that the doubts 
are created after listening and this listening is a listening from the guru about the vedanta and when such doubts are cleared by manana manana is the logic by using the logic we create we, we remove these doubts and the intellect then becomes steady and when your intellect becomes steady bhagwan says in atma that is by meditation or assimilation called nididhyasana then you will achieve wisdom and this is what is the sthita pragna yoga bhagwan tells arjuna arjuna looks like he is very keen to know the detailed characteristics of such a wise person and he asks arjuna's four questions in the next shloka and this is the beginning of the another last final part of this second adhyaya which is called the sthita pragna prakarana or the part of sthita pragna the wise man and arjuna wants to know regarding this enlightened wise person arjuna uvacha sthita pragnasya ka bhasha samadistasya keshava sthita dihi kim prabhasheta kimasita vrajeta kim so arjuna asks four questions first is sita pragnasya ka bhasha he says what is his or her language bhasha means lakshana and here we should mean attributes he says kim prabhasheta how does he speak kim asita how does he or she sit and kim vrajeta how does he walk and these are the four questions arjuna wants to know how can he identify an enlightened mind with a steady wisdom shri krishna answers each question chronologically in the next verses answering the first question ka bhasha what is the language bhagwan shows the attributes of this person he says shri bhagavan uvacha prajahati yada kaman sarvan parthamanogatan when all the desires as they appear in the mind they are given up atmani eva atmana tushtah and that person is happy in one's own self alone atma swarupa sthita pragna sthedochyate then that person is called firmly asserted in knowledge asthita pragna krishna clearly shows how desires is the root of many of the evils or miseries of our life now answering the second question kim prabhasheta how would this person speak meaning how would that person respond to daily situation krishna answers dukheshvanu dignamanaha is not agitated in grief or sorrow sukheshu vigata spruhaha has no longing for happiness or joy vitaraga bhaya krodaha is free from attachments fear and anger sthita dhirmuni ruchyate that wise man is called sthita pragna the wise man knows that affection is fine not the attachment that's why ya sarvatra anabisne ahaha tat tat prapya shubha shubham that wise man is without much attachment when he encounters pleasant or unpleasant circumstances na binandati nadveshti tasya pragna pratishtita does not rejoice does not hate anyone and only then the knowledge becomes steady for that sita pragna person so sita pragna person knows that love is a virtue when it is non discriminating selfless whereas too much of love or attachment abhisneha too much of affection causes this attachment leading to control possessiveness discrimination selfishness and manipulation this attachment is the cause of many of the problems and miseries due to the delusion or moha in the understanding that it causes within us so now bhagwan shri krishna answers a third question kimasita how does that person sit meaning how what is the control over his or her mind for that wise man sita pragna 
Krishna says that this person has a good sense control, Indriya Sanyam, and gives an example of a turtle. Yada samharate chayam kurmongani vasarvashaha. He says, just as a turtle withdraws all its limbs into the shell, when one withdraws all the sense organs from the objects of desire, only then one attains his firm wisdom to become a sthita pragna. In this beautiful verse, Krishna emphasizes the control over our senses, indriya sanyama. There are five knowledge senses, jnanendriya, through which we perceive the outside world. And there are five action senses, the karmendriya, by which we carry out all our actions. Thus, we have ten senses or indriya. When Krishna talks about sense control, Indriya Sanyama, predominantly it involves knowledge senses, the Granendriya, because they are most naturally outgoing, they are Bahirmukha and they keep vacillating. The two most important are the sense of seeing, Chakshudendriya, and the sense of listening, Shrotrendriya, apart from the sense of touch, taste, and smell. These are always eager to visit places outside Indriya Vishaya Sanyoga and they want to enjoy the perceived pleasures of the Bhoga. For example, we are always eager to see what our messages on the phone and on all the things that are happening around us. These naturally tuned outgoing senses, Bahir Mukha, do not allow us to go inwards, Antar Mukha and look deep within our own self. So sense control, Indriya Sanyama is the first step and an important part of the spiritual practice and often is the first step in the awareness of our higher self. How can we control this? Hidden, suppressed desires, Krishna says, the final relief from seeking is only by attaining the Supreme or the Divine. Vishaya vinivartante nirahara dehina. He says, for the indweller, for the jiva, shivatma, the objects are renounced, but the senses do not feed on them. Rasabarjam dasopyasya. But that longing, that rust, that deep desire remains within us. Parandrashtva nivartate. He says, which gets relieved only by knowing the Supreme Brahman. The final stroke to all our desires is only by knowing our real self, our Atma Swarupa, as part and parcel of the divine Brahma Swarupa. This divine knowledge relieves the sense of doership, Kartrutva, which binds us to the actions. Krishna now describes the power of the senses. He says, Yatato yapi kaunteya purushasya vipaschita. Even for the person who is making efforts on this path, who is a seeker, who is a sadhaka, and who sees with clarity, who has viveka, Indriyani Pramathini, the sense organs are very powerful. Haranti Prasabham Manaha, they kidnap also the mind by force. So these sense organs are so chanchal, active, they are very obstinate, jiddi, and they are very powerful, Pramathi, and they do their work with great force, often without our alertness or understanding. We experience daily how strongly we are attracted to our weaknesses like good food and others. Unless we become aware of this, this routine goes on for the lifetime and many lives. So what should we do? Krishna says, control your senses and your mind. He says, Tani Sarvani Sanyamya. Control all your sense organs. Yukta Asita Matparaha. Be equipoised, have balance, have a firm resolve and surrender to me. He says, Vashehi Asya Indriyani. One whose senses are restrained, Tasya Pragna Pratishtita. Then only knowledge becomes firm. Krishna loudly announces to all of us through Arjuna to have a restraint over our sense organs. He does not say don't indulge in the objects by the sense organs, but he is telling us to have a kind of awareness, a kind of balance, samatva, while we interact with the worldly objects and worldly persons. And this awareness can only come with the right understanding of the transient, ephemeral, 
nature of the objects and the people. For such an unrestrained person, an ignorant person, there is no progress in life. And Krishna warns that his or her life can be ruined without self-restraint in life. How can it be ruined and what are the steps of this deterioration, Adogati? Krishna describes the steps very clearly in the next two very beautiful shlokas of Bhagavad Gita. And these are the eight steps to ruin for the unrestrained or the asanyami. Dhyayataha vishayan punsaha. This is the first step. He says when a person keeps thinking of objects. Second, sangaste shupajayate. Then he gets attracted or attached to these objects. Sangat sanjayate kamaha. Then he gets intense desire to have these objects. Kamat krodo bijayate. And if the desires are not fulfilled, then these desires lead to anger. So far, this process is reversible if we have awareness, but else there is further deterioration. Krodhad bhavati sammoha. Anger leads to delusion, wrong vision. Sammohat sputi vibramaha. Delusion leads to loss of memory of what we have known, what is the right thing to do. Spruti branchad buddhi When the memory of the correct understanding is lost, the intellect is destroyed. We are not able to take the right decision. Buddhi pranashyati. And when the intellect is lost, the person gets destroyed because this is our highest uh, ornament of our self. And then we cease to become a human. We, we uh, you know, get involved into violence and we behave like an animal. The last four steps are irreversible step and leads to destruction of the person. Finally, answering the fourth question, Kim Vrajet, Krishna says, Ragadvesha Vyuktaistu Vishayan Indriyaisharan. These wise people or Sita Pragna are free from the strong likes, Raga and dislikes, Dvesha, when they deal with objects. Atma Vashir Videhir Atma. And they have achieved control over their senses and their mind, Prasadamadigachati, and that's why they achieve real peace of their mind. The strong likes and dislikes, the Raga, Dvesha are the root causes of most of our day-to-day problems. Krishna shows this in many of the Adhyayas of Karma in, in Bhagavad Gita. That our attachments, Raga, which is the happy feeling that we get when I am close to that object, Sukhavrutti, leads to greed to have those objects again and again. On the other hand, repulsion or Dvesha is the feeling of unhappiness or revulsion, Dukhavrutti, when the object or the person is with me. And when I try to get the rid of that person, if it does not happen, it leads to anger and increased anger may even lead to violence. What is the benefit of this sense control that Krishna is talking? Bhagavan says, Prasade Sarvadukhanam When the mind is peaceful, all the miseries disappear. And for a person who is at peace, intellect soon becomes firm stita pragna. So peace of mind, prasada, is what we all yearn in life. We all want to be happy in life. However, we do not know what is a real happiness and what will give us this lasting peace. That is why we keep running around the worldly possessions which entice us to give us happiness and peace but often end up giving us bondage and miseries. Krishna tells us that real happiness is when our mind is at peace. Krishna says, what happens to a person who does not have this restraint? He says, that person's knowledge does not become firm and a person who does not have balance, there is no contemplation. One who is not contemplating, there is no peace. Asantasya kutah sukham. And one who has no peace, how can that person be happy in life? Krishna tells us clearly that an understand person who has no control over his senses can never become happy in life. 
he or she cannot take proper decisions as the mind keeps vacillating between different options and the person remains confused. There is no inner contemplation or introspection looking towards our own self as we are obsessed with the outer world and its people. Krishna again warns that the sense organs are very powerful. Indriyanam hi charatam yanmanunu vidhiyate. This keep the senses keep roaming around, roaming or grazing on these objects. And also the mind also follows these senses. Tadasya harati pragnyam vayurnam vimambasi. And that also kidnaps the intellect just as the wind blows away the boat. And that's why Krishna calls on us to control all our sense organs through Arjuna. He says, Tasmadasya Mahabaho Nigruhi Tani Sarvasha. That is why, O oh great Arjuna, control all your sense organs. Indriyan Indriyarthebhyatasya Pragnapatishtita. When all the sense organs are withdrawn from the sense objects, only then that person knowledge becomes steady and becomes a Stita Pragna person. And then in the next shloka, Bhagavan Shri Krishna shows the difference in the vision between the wise person and the one others uh, in the next verse. He says, Ya Nisha Sarva Bhutanam. In that which is night for all the beings, Tasyam Jagrati Sanyami, that wise person is awake. Yasyam Jagrati Bhutani, where all the beings are awake. Sa Nisha Pashyato Munehe, that is for the night for the wise person. So towards the world, or the relative reality, the unwise, the ignorant is fully awake while the wise person is asleep. And whereas towards the truth, the absolute reality, the wise is fully awake and the unwise is asleep. And what is the inner state of that wise man? Krishna explains in the next verse by giving an example of the ocean. He says, just as the water enters the ocean, which is brimful and remains unchanged, all the desires arise and they enter into the sthita pragna without creating any ripple or change inside. Sashantim apnoti na kamakami and that person has a real bliss, not the one who has many many desires and gets affected by these desires. Now we are coming to the end and the final two verses of the second adhyaya. Shri Krishna shows us the two steps to our final goal and he describes the journey of the wise person, the journey of a seeker to become a wise the first, he says, Vihaya Kamanya Sarvan, one who has left all the binding desires, all the selfish desires. Pumans Charati Nispruhaha, a person lives without any longing or attachment to these worldly objects, persons, places. Nirmama, without attachments. Nirahankaraha, without any ego, pride. Sashantim Madhigachati, that person attains peace. And this is the first step of the spiritual journey to obtain this antakarana shuddhi, peace of mind. And this involves many spiritual practices to reduce our binding desires. The main ones are the attitude of karma yoga and devotion to the almighty bhakti yoga. This helps us to lessen our attachments to the world, its people. And these attachments arise only without, because of my identification with my perceived self, the body-mind complex. And in the final verse, the final goal is showed by Shri Krishna. He shows our final goal, freedom, inner freedom or liberation, also called as moksha. Esha Brahmistiti Partha. He says, Oh Arjun, once you attain this Brahman state, Nainam Prapya Vimuhyati, there is no going back to attachment or moha. Stitva Syam Antakaleti. Even if you achieve this state at the end of the very end of the life, Brahma Nirvana Muruchati, one attains complete inner freedom or moksha. Krishna describes the ultimate goal of the human life in this final verse. 
It is a complete liberation from all our limitations, imperfections and incompleteness that we perceive within us. This inner freedom or moksha is to be achieved in this life as it is only possible in the human life. This Brahman state or Brahmistiti is possible only by knowing the Brahma as a universal spirit that is Brahmagnana and with firm wisdom becoming a Stita Pragna knowing that the same consciousness is the very essence of my own self, Atmagnana, Aikya Gnana or knowledge of the oneness between our own real self, Atma and the eternal or the divine, the all-pervading uh, 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 divine self, the Brahma. This state when reached during the lifetime is called Jivan Mukti or freedom in life, also called Sadeha Mukti. After death, such a person does not have to undergo the cycle of repeated births. And this is called freedom after death or Videha Mukti, meaning he does not have any more births after death. This is the final goal for humans according to our scriptures. We come to the end of the second Adhyaya. Om Tat Saditi Srimad Bhagavad Gita Su Upanishad Su Brahma Vidyayam Yoga Shastre Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade Sankhya Yoga Nama Vityodhyaya Thank you for listening to this episode in the series Transform Your Life by Understanding of Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Sanjeev. Hope you have gained by the sharing. For more detailed understanding, please visit YouTube channel S Hari Bhakti. It's one word S-H-A-R-I-B-H-A-K-T-I where you'll find multiple Adhyaya videos arranged in respective playlists. Or you could join WhatsApp learning group, the Bhagavad Gita study group, where we do a guided in-depth study of Bhagavad Gita over one year period. Do send me an email request on sharibhakti, it's one word, at the rate gmail.com, so I can share a link for you to join this group. Thank you.